Hey, everybody, and welcome to the I Didn't Sign Up For This podcast, a student ministry podcast where we have conversations that help youth pastors and leaders grow and help ministries go further and go deeper. I'm sitting here with my friend, Nathan. We are socially distanced. We are looking at each other, and Nathan's giving me the scoopy smile. Man, what is going on in your world? <laughs> Man, I'm good. I'm good. We are social distance, um, and we've, we're starting to see the the real spring. We had the fake spring, and we had a cold again. We got some some real spring coming. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm I'm wearing shorts. You're wearing shorts. I had to take a peek. You're wearing shorts and and sandals. You're you're in chacos. Yep. Uh, I do feel for some of our friends in uh, in and out west and up north who are still experiencing snow uh, when it's 80 degrees here. So we're praying for you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Real quick, what's going on in your world, man? Uh, I'm actually been really busy. We are selling our house, and so we are moving across state lines, trying to get closer to the church. Um, and so we've been, um, about 30 minutes away and it's just been, um, difficult to, to do ministry. And I've got my, my oldest son is about to go to school. And so just for all those reasons, we think now's a good time to sell the house, get closer to the church, get closer to where our ministry is and also be able to get a, get situated so my son can, um, have it get a school and can stay there. Yeah, man. Welcome to the peach state. You already, you, you already smell better. You're living in Georgia. <laughs> so this is good. This is a really good thing. Well, um, we, we have a sponsor and we want to tell you about them. It's Augusta kids and company. So if you're in the Augusta area, uh, we want to make sure that you give them some consideration when it comes to your childcare needs. Yeah. If you're looking for a great daycare in the CSR area, we really would recommend Augusta Kids and Company. In particular, right now they have registration open for day camps over the summer. They have normal day camps all summer long. They also actually have specialty camps that they're going um, weeks like a Lego week and different things like that. So if you're interested, you can go to AUGKids.com to learn more. I want to encourage you to go and check them out. So this is the I Didn't Sign Up For It podcast, and 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 we have this moment where we kind of start with moments that we as youth pastors and youth ministers, we didn't sign up for. Uh, so if you're out there and you are feeling like, man, I'm doing some things I really didn't sign up for, you are not alone. So Nathan, in the last month, what is something <laughs> that you have done that you did not sign up for? Yeah, um, this is kind of a big one, and I, if you're a youth pastor or a youth worker, you probably know this, but um, I really didn't sign up to be a chauffeur. Oh, yeah. Um, in particular, a 15-passenger chauffeur. Um, and so we did a event just for our seniors. So you know, as well as I do, COVID shut everything down. So our seniors this year have had um, none of our normal events and things that we normally do that they look so they look forward to them so much and so we as a, as a church decided to do a special senior trip for them we got a house on folly beach went to charleston we had some really good sessions about college and what's coming up and adulthood and responsibility and some great things like that and uh, really excited but um, I ended up being the chauffeur for the whole weekend and folly. If you've ever been a lot of really awesome trees and things, but our 15 passenger bus doesn't really fit 
folly. And so mm-hmm. I pull up to the house and it's got an awning and we like scrape the top a little bit. So I gotta be very careful and we're driving on the beach and we're driving not on the beach, but on the road to the beach and we're hitting trees and the kids are going crazy. But, um, but then they also have like shops and things, but it's too far to walk, but it's still like on the island. So I end up driving this big old bus around but there's not parking for me to just like, let's park and walk. So I'm just driving loops around the Island while they're shopping and, and, you know, getting, you know, reservations at a, at a restaurant or whatever. And so, um, I ended up being the, the chauffeur for the weekend and that's not something I signed up for, yeah. but, um, if you're in ministry, you know, you are the driver. That's right. At least one of them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so mine actually happened this morning. Uh, I, I, a few years ago, there's a, an older gentleman in our church who was looking for a young man to help with yard uh, work, yard yard projects, cutting grass, weeding, trimming the whole nine yards. And uh, this, the, he's a, a wonderful man. But I have now become his uh, like labor finder, and I have been through no less than five students because what happens is. You know, once once we find one that wants some work, they graduate and then they go to college and they move on. And well, and then he comes back to me looking for another one. So we had another meeting of the minds where we were trying to find a a yard man uh, for his for his home. And gosh, I have hope that we found one. It's a little younger, so maybe we get some years out of him. Uh, but yeah, I didn't sign up to be the uh, the 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 labor finder uh, for for people. But uh, but yeah. If you're in student ministry, didn't sign up for a lot of stuff. <laughs> so today we're talking about um, we're talking about student min- ministry like reentry, uh, and, and I know that there are a lot of um, people who are in a lot of different places when it comes to um, COVID and protocol and kind of we, our, our contexts are are all very different and so we want to we want to realize and recognize that right off the bat that this conversation might be a little bit premature for some people um, we want to be sensitive to those who are still not meeting or they're meeting only digitally or even in a hybrid kind of way um, but we know that there are some parts of the country uh, and and I would categorize where we are here in Georgia uh, um, where things seem to be moving in the direction of maybe a more normal feel, or at least we can tell that there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train like coming at us. Uh, so we, we thought we would take today and we would talk about what student ministry looks like in the re-entry phase, coming back into the, the real world where ministry looks maybe a little bit like it did before COVID. Uh, and I had, I had this thought, Nathan, uh, and I shared it with you before we recorded, um, that I, I, th- I was watching a little bit of Apollo 13 months ago and, and this idea, of of the spacecraft, like if you can remember the scene, the movie, the the spacecraft like re-entering the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and and before they got to the atmosphere, they had to be really calculated about about how they were coming back to Earth, because if you if you come in too steep or you come in at the wrong angle, you you can burn up. Um, if you come in too shallow or work too slow, you can get bounced right back out in space. 
and if you come down too hard, you're going to crash right, right, right. In, right in the rocks, you know, or right, right in the ocean. So, uh, I, I had, you know, just, I was thinking about this and how our ministries are, are so, uh, are so linked to that analogy of reentry. That's good. Uh, and, and so this conversation probably needs to hinge on best practices, like right. best practices for student ministry as we enter the world post pandemic. So, um, we're not going to talk about our own personal protocols or like what our churches are doing or not doing because every area is different. Um, but, but yeah, like best practices, uh, and, and concentrate on, on that kind of stuff. Sound good. Sounds good. All right. So we do this in three parts. We do the grind, the grow and the go. And so our grind, Nathan, what, what is our grind when we're talking about, uh, re-entry into a more normal ministry setting, what are some things that we're going to have to grind out? Yeah, I think we're all feeling the effects of what's a loss of momentum mm. is we have kind of stalled out. Um, you feel like maybe even if you are seeing some success, that success comes with a lot more energy, Yeah, a lot more work that has to be put into it to make it successful. And so, um, I think we're all kind of feeling this loss of momentum. And so one of the grind pieces that we have to do is to identify what are the things that build that momentum for us? What are the things in our ministry that are generating that momentum, that are keeping that momentum going? Um, for each of us, these are different things, right? Yeah. And so um, it might be a trip that your ministry does every year. It might be a retreat or maybe an extended time together. Maybe it's a, a D-Now weekend or... Um, a lock-in or something that you've got that is kind of building that momentum. These things build momentum. Um, and what we've felt is, is the opposite, right? With online Zoom, we're seeing this digital fatigue. Students are tired of Zoom. They have to do it for school. They have to do it for everything. Yeah. And so, you know, asking them to do it for us, we're actually seeing that it's, they're not, they don't want to do it. Right. It's all, um, really, really difficult for them. Um, even with a generation that is as technological savvy and, and native, really, they're right. digital natives. Like mm-hmm. they understand, they love phones and all that kind of stuff and FaceTime. But even that generation is really struggling with this. You really got to think about what are the things that generate momentum. And, you know, one of the things I hear, um, I think it was Craig Rochelle who said this, like, how do you build momentum? He says, new, improved, or improving. What are you doing that is new, that's improved on what you did before or is improving? Right. And so, you know, we're talking about trips and events and retreats and those kind of things. And those are big momentum, but maybe that's not possible for you right, right. now. You know, maybe you're sitting there and like, Hey, I wish I could, but I just can't. Mm. So what are the, some of the little things that you can do to generate some momentum in the right direction? And that's this new, improved, or improving. Just find something that's different, something that's new. It doesn't have to be a big event, but just something that's new because that creates energy and momentum and excitement. Um, and then the other thing I would say is just look at improving each week. You, know, you don't have to jump back from COVID protocols to doing what you used to do before in one fell swoop. Take some baby steps yeah. and really kind of improve each and every week. Um, and then I think what you can also do is where, where can you celebrate? What are some things that you can celebrate in your ministry? I mean, something as simple as birthdays, writing a card to a student saying happy birthday. Um, maybe you do have something coming up in your church. Easter's coming. 
maybe you do an Easter egg hunt or even if it's just Easter Sunday. Yeah. And, and I think you touched on some things, uh, um, intentionally. I think you touched on some things, the, the things that you mentioned, like, like birthdays and Easter egg hunts. Those are things that involve more than just a few people. Right. They get everybody involved. I, even if it's a little small part, you know, uh, talking about birthdays, I, I heard about a church and a ministry who celebrated everybody's birthday since COVID started. Wow. So they celebrate, they had a party for everybody. And then, and then because of COVID and, and kind of protocol stuff, they sent everybody home with a prepackaged cupcake. Cool. So they got to celebrate their birthday. Maybe their birthday celebrations were a little bit augmented because of COVID. They didn't have a party or do whatever. So they had a, they had a party on a Sunday night for, for their student ministry and it involved everybody. So not only who, where can you celebrate, but how can you celebrate everybody right. and oh, get it and get people, get as many people, uh, uh, involved as, as you can in whatever way is safest for your context. Right. No, that's really good. You know, and the other thing too, I would say is, you know, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, Hey, like maybe now is the time to take some chances to mm-hmm. take a risk that maybe you wouldn't normally do. Because, I mean, we're, we're dealing with low momentum. We're dealing with maybe your engagement isn't what it used to be. Uh, and so maybe now's the time you had that crazy idea that you've always wanted to try. Now's the time. Maybe now is the time to, to do it. Um, and you're going, well, why is now the time? Well, you know, if you're running on all cylinders and you try something crazy, I mean, the, the risk reward, this very high risk, yeah. I and mean, there's a lot that could be lost. You know, if you're not, having that much going on anyways, the risk and of what could happen is, is not that big, right? But the reward could be huge. And mm-hmm. so really want to encourage you to maybe do that. Yeah. One thing that, that I've been thinking about as you're talking is, as I've heard of a lot of people, uh, who have been taking or sending out surveys, like, mm-hmm. because we're, we're kind of at, at the, uh, you know, at the end of our rope, so to speak, where, we're just not sure what to do anymore. And we're, and we're trying to find the things that people want to engage with and be a part of. And, and maybe, maybe the well is just super dry. And, and now you're starting to ask for people. And I would just say, be very cautious about surveys. And I'm not saying don't do them. Um, but it it might be that the smattering of answers that you get aren't really helpful and then all you have done is stirred up some kind of expectation of things that you might do or students are wondering kind of what you're up to. And, uh, and so it just be really careful about, about surveying people and asking them, uh, what, what you want them to do, because I think you just kind of build up something that maybe you, you're not really ready for yet. Mm. Um, so just, just a cautionary note about surveys, any, any kind of feedback about that? Yeah, we do one thing, um, periodically I call them boom sessions. Um, I didn't come up with it. I got it, uh, from a a mentor of mine and we just asked the students, um, different ideas and what would you like to see? And what would you, it's kind of this survey kind of thing, this model, but one of the first critique, one of the first cautions I got when he asked me to do it is he said, now, if you're going to do this, mm. you have to do something that they say. Yeah. And so that's kind of the caution here with this survey thing. If you're going to ask students their opinion, you have to understand that the expectation is that you will fulfill something that they tell you. Yeah. And so if you're going to ask these surveys, if you're going to do what I call boom session or whatever you want to call it, um, and you're going to ask people for their opinion, 
you can get yourself into a spot where they can get very disappointed and very kind of feel like let down if nothing comes of it. Cause then it feels like a waste of time. Right. And so that would be my caution. Um, and then if you do decide to do a survey or pick something small. And so when I do boom sessions, we just ask questions and there's no wrong answers. And so we call a good idea, boom. And if somebody tries to shoot down an idea, that's a clang. So no clangs, everything is a mm. boom. So I ask students like, Hey, what do you want to do? What would you like to add to our outside area? And inevitably I get a pool and a water slide and a roller coaster, which are all really cool things. Yeah. Awesome. But obviously not practical. Right. And so we do get those, but then you also get some really cool ideas. And mm. so try to find the one that you can do. So mm. if you do have ideas or if you do have um, something that come, try to pick at least one thing. And that would be my caution. Just make sure you do at least something that was said so that people know you're, you're trying. Got it. All right. So we've grinded a little bit. We've talked about momentum. We've talked about, uh, about how to locate it, how to measure it, uh, how to feel it, um, about celebrations, about getting people involved now, uh, the grow. So moving on from the grind, we're going to grow a little bit, uh, and lean into some of this stuff. What, what are some things we can do to grow now? You know, one of the, the first things that you need to do, and this is going to sound like a, like, yeah, of course, but practically it gets a little more difficult. And that's what we want to talk about today is the practicality. And that's to make a plan. You have to make a plan. And I'm, I know we've all heard, you know, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. And I know you've heard those things. Um, and so as I say this, you're like, yeah, duh. But what does that practically look like as you are reentering from a, into a post pandemic world? Um, you know, I think you need to really come up with, um, some short term and then progressively longer plans. And so maybe you start out with a two week plan, a four week plan, eight week plan, um, and really kind of sketch out, but also recognizing that when you're making this plan, you're writing in pencil, not pen. That's right. You are writing it in a way that you know is likely going to change because protocols are changing. Um, you know, just, you know, in the last month we've had, you know, what's the definition of social distancing has changed and yeah. you have to wear masks all the time. Like all these things are changing. So as you're making your plan, really kind of think through that you're writing in pencil, not pen. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that this is, uh, there's probably two ends of the spectrum that we're, that we're having conversation with and people who are listening. We have the people who are planners who are planning like six months out normally, like pre COVID or a year out or even longer. Uh, who are struggling with this idea of only planning for the short term and waiting to plan for the long term, that idea about doing it in pencil, which I think is great. But then I think that there are probably some people who are not planning mm. much at all. Uh, and, and maybe this is an opportunity to think about how you can take baby steps in your planning. Um, and I love what you said about the two week and four week and eight week plan, because that's in, Relatively, that's pretty short term, right. um, but a plan that's not written down somewhere and shared doesn't count. Right. Plans in your head don't matter Absolutely. because because when you keep it to yourself and, and you, it's not written down and it's not shared, there's no accountability to that. 
but also there's no engagement and input and, and involvement with other people, right? You know, good leaders are delegators. And so you're making plans. That doesn't mean that you have to execute every part of your plan. You need to begin to think about and plan how to hand off some of those things to some people who can help you or probably even do some of these things better than you can. So that, that two week, four, four week, eight week plan, that short term plan, is really good, like coming out of COVID where things are still a little bit uncertain. Um, and so I encourage people to write down, write down and, and write down and write down and share. Right. And I think, you know, for, for both ends of the spectrum, we can all agree that basically what's happened is now there's like a fog in front of us. So if you're a runner, a fog has kind of settled in. If you're a six month planner, you're ready to run. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't plan at all, then you're just going to stand still. The issue is we have to recognize the world we're living in. There is a fog around us. And when there's fog, you have to adjust how fast you're running. So let's start by walking. Mm-hmm. And so that's this kind of process of let's start by walking. And then as the fog begins to lift, then you can start running again. Yeah. But there's a reason why you walk in the fog because you can't see that far ahead of you. And if you start running in the fog, something's going to be on you before you can stop. Yeah. And that's, what's going to happen if you're planning way far out and you're running and you know what, something changes with COVID world. And now all of a sudden something is too close for you to change and you're going to hit something. There's going to be a problem. So that would be my encouragement for you is just really be aware of that. But I love what you said about sharing um, your plan, because this is an opportunity for you to, to gain or regain um, trust and buy-in from, from your volunteers, from parents, from, from your staff, from yeah. the people around you. It's a really, really good way for you to, to regain or, or gain and to begin with that trust and buy-in from them. Particularly, I think it's great for you to share this with your staff. Um, we are, sometimes we get siloed and we're kind of feel like we're on an island. It's just us. Um, your staff are struggling just like you are. And this is the time when you need to lean on each other. And so share that with each other. I can tell you, I've taught more with the rest of my staff during, with the rest of our staff here, um, during this COVID time. Cause I'm asking questions. Hey, does this sound good? Does right. this work? Okay. How does this plan work? What are you doing? So don't be afraid to do that. Share that with each other. And then, you know, just be flexible. You have to understand that. No matter what plan you make, there's a possibility it's going to change. Um, you know, set some goals for yourself in those weeks. Um, you know, I think a big thing as we run back um, is to not do one of two things. Don't run back to the old thing that you used to do because the world you're entering is a post-pandemic world. It's yeah, different. That's right. It's not the same as it used to be. The other thing is... Um, you know, so don't run back to the other, but also don't throw that away. Right. So don't throw away what you used to do and don't throw away what you're doing now. The, the truth is probably somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. We need to keep what's working now. Right. So if you started doing zoom or you were doing online messaging and you have some success, you're starting to get some credibility. Don't throw that away. What figure out what's working. And that's kind of this grow piece is figuring out what is giving you growth. What's giving you momentum and what's producing growth in your ministry or even potential because it could right. be, it could be that 
um, this has been like a, if you're, if you know, it's springtime, so I'm thinking about planting my squash and zucchini and stuff like that. But we're doing all this work now. We're, we're tilling and we're, and we're turning over soil and we're, and we're putting, you know, nutrients in. But a lot of this work that we're doing now is kind of under the surface. Right. So what are some things that you are doing now or you could do to set yourself up for growth? Uh, for, uh, for more influence for a wider circle once, once you you've re-entered, um, because you might not be able to have experienced growth right now because of whatever is going on in your context, but there could be some things that you could do now to help set that stage for when you're able to do that. Absolutely. And so really looking at with critical eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. really be critical of your of your ministry and what you're doing and go, what was it that we used to do that really, really worked? Mm. What is it that we're doing now that really, really worked? And can you now create a new ministry model that matches all of those things? We, we talked just before, real quick, we, just, we talked before we started recording about some things in our ministries that are going to die. Right. Because of COVID. And, and that, that came from those critical moments, critical kind of evaluation of does this need to stay alive in right. our new post pandemic world? Absolutely. And I'll be honest there. I'm excited about some of those deaths. <laughs> I'm excited about some of those funerals because it's going to allow us to do some other things that we really need to do. Absolutely. So and one thing I would just encourage you, this is a last note here for the grow, is as you make your plan and as you start preparing, really focus on what your students need the mm. most right now. Yeah. And I know we're not talking about our churches and our plans or what we did, but I'm going to be honest, when we started coming back, one of the things that our group needed was community more than anything. Um, and so just as an example of this, what we did is, is actually recognize that they don't need the content so much. So, you know, they can get online services, um, through our church. They can do Bible studies. They can do all those things. What they needed more than anything was each other mm. and the, that connection they have with their small group leader. And so that's the first thing we brought back. We actually brought back small group hangouts before we brought back ministry mm-hmm. uh, in, in what would be like the traditional term of like, let me do a Bible study with you. Right. Because that's what our students needed. They needed more than anything, each other and their leader and somebody else to know what's going on in their world and that they're struggling. Yeah. And so as you're kind of making your plan, recognize what your students need the most right now. And then like we said earlier, take those baby steps to getting back to the full fledged ministry that you're used to, but start with what they need most. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So we talked about the grind and we've talked about the grow. And so now, now what? Now what? Now, after all of this kind of all these things we've been talking about, what are we going to take away from, from these last 20 minutes or so? What, what can we begin to implement uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think we start small. And I think we've said that a couple of times in a couple of different ways, but but really start small because as we move forward, you're going to, I mean, it's going to seem like a very big task. And I can tell you, like you said, in, here in Georgia, we've kind of already started this process. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to feel exhausted. 
and you're going to go, why in the world am I exhausted? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) You're going to feel tired. And, and part of what it is, is, you know, you had that stamina of running from week to week, from Sunday to Sunday to Wednesday to Wednesday. And all of a sudden that went away. Yeah. And you don't realize how much stamina you had built up and you have to rebuild. That's a real thing. Stamina of like running to the next thing. And this will, I mean, you're just going to feel exhausted. It's going to feel daunting. So take those baby steps. Um, and remember that, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you are going to get there, but start with some baby steps and then work the plan that you've kind of put in place. Keep it simple. Um, you know, I love the kind of narrowing it down to just a couple of things. Okay. So what are the couple of things I can work out? Um, you know, maybe just focus on, you know, three things a week or whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I love talking about Craig Groeschel, but he has this thing where he adopts one new thing a year and makes that his goal for the year and concentrates on it. And, you know, and what happens is 20 years in 30 years in, you've got these 30 new incredible habits and traits that are about you that are awesome. You know, take that and apply that to your ministry. Take that one thing at a time and really pour into it and focus on it. And, you know, what would your life look like if you made that a priority, focused on it, made it the thing you're working on, and then go from there? Um, I think that's going to be really important. Yeah. All great stuff. Work your plan. Work your plan. Keep it simple. Narrow it down. And, and remember that you don't eat an elephant one whole elephant at a time. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And so, yeah, really good stuff, man. Well, listen, uh, if you have found this information, this content or this podcast to be helpful, would you do us a couple of favors? Would you, uh, wherever you're listening, Spotify or Apple uh, podcast, would you leave us a review uh, so that people would know that this is good stuff? Yeah. And we'd love for you to contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. Um, we'd love to know if this is helpful for you. So shoot us an email at I didn't sign up for this podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on social media and contact us there. We have a Facebook page and Instagram page. Um, at I didn't sign up for this. So we would love to have a, you know, a dialogue. We'd love to hear what are the things you want us to talk about? What are the things you want us to cover on this podcast? Well, thanks, everybody. On behalf of Nathan, thanks for joining us from wherever and whenever you're listening. We hope that this has been a conversation that is going to help you grow as a leader and help your ministry go further and go deeper. We'll see you next time.